Hey, Dan, do you want to hear a joke? I'd love to, Tim. All right. I've got a good one for you this week. What time is it when the clock strikes 13? Uh, one. Nope. Nope. It's time to get a new clock, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like that one. That's good. Yeah. All right. Me too. Here we go. Hi, this is Tim. This is just a heads up that all the advice you're hearing in this podcast is general in nature. If you want something more specific, then feel free to contact us. Drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk, drunk, drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk, drunk, drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk accountant. Hello and welcome to the podcast. My name is Dan. My name is Tim. And we are the two drunk accountants. We are. We are here today uh, to talk about um, something that a lot of people face in their journey in business, and that is the practical things to remember when restructuring uh, your entity. So, if you yeah. started off as a sole trader and you're moving into a company, or which is the very common, very common example, um, there are practical things that people don't think about before doing it um, that can leave you with a bit of a headache later if you don't do it correctly or at the right time. So, we just wanted to talk through some of the practical steps that uh, and things that you might forget um, when doing that. Yeah. And sometimes it can be a little bit painful and it's nice to know that you're going to experience that pain before you go through the process. Yep. Um, so it's nice to have thought of these before you go into that new entity. Mm. Uh, and the other reason we thought it'd be really good to talk about this this week is because, uh, there's been a very exciting announcement for us anyway, that, mm -hmm. um, we're partnering up with Tax Nuggets Academy we to uh, to release some some videos on the different uh, entity structure types. So that's really exciting for us because it means cool animations for old content that it we've does. recorded. It does. Yeah, I'm really excited about that. I'm excited to be partnering with Tax Nuggets and Joyce, who we had on the podcast a few weeks back. Um, but first, Tim, before we get into anything, what, what is, is the Tim, Tim and Dandolo. Tim, how's your week? Looks like you're in tropical paradise, mate. Where are you? Yeah, look. Oh, just uh, just uh, chilling uh, on the beach. Aloha. Here. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's people wearing lays uh, everywhere. Mm. And uh, I'm about to drink a... Uh, what do you drink out here? Ice... Island, <laughs> ice what is it? Long um, tea? <laughs> I can't think of it. A Long Island iced tea, That's Tim. the one. That's the one. <laughs> <laughs> My brain went blank. Yeah, um, too many yeah, look, It's a little windy out here, but mm. um, but yeah, it's mm. pretty nice. Mm. Mm. How's COVID? What about you, Dan? Yeah. You're, you're you're in a very white room. I'm in a very I'm in a very white room. It says two drunk accountants on the wall. Um, yeah, I'm good. I'm good, Tim. It's been it's been a, a decent week. Um, you know, last week we we had Cat on talking about mental health. This week. Um, I think my mental health is, is doing a bit better. I think, uh, you know, yeah. that there's, there appears to be a, a tiny freckle of light at the end of the tunnel. Um, I, I don't know if, if, you're, if you've noticed that, but um, yeah, it looks like we might get out of lockdown, Tim. Ooh, yeah. Uh, even though case numbers hit a record high mm. today, a daily high, um, mm. but, but yeah, no, I'm all for it. Let's do it. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. Just get us out. Get us yeah. out. Get vaccinated, oh. people, so we can get out. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, like they're announcing, um, I guess, special rules to people who are fully vaccinated. Mm-hmm. Uh, so from the 13th of September, I think you can catch up in a group of five yep. outside. So um, that's, I guess that's exciting. But that also means fully vaccinated. Yeah, which, which you and I won't be until uh, early October. It could be. If you get it, it done be. earlier. But then I do risk that it's it's less effective. Mm. So, but yeah, there's a lot of people who probably haven't even got their first dose yet. So it's probably a bit of a, a kick for yeah. some people. They'll probably all know. get Pfizer and be done with it before we are. <laughs> <laughs> Ironically, yeah, yeah, they probably will. Yeah, they probably will. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Um, Tim, do you have a business update this week? I got a few mm. things to, to chat about. Yeah, why don't you far away? Yeah, all right. Um, so, one one issue, um, what, one thing that I've noticed recently, Tim, um, is uh, that there was a bit of a delay in some of those payments coming for the COVID grants and, and the job saver, but, but we've actually started seeing payments happen. They're happening now. For some reason, the audio has just lagged. I'm just <laughs> waiting for it to catch up. I think it has now. Yeah, it ha- hasn't lagged on mine. But um, but yeah, it, it, the you job saver now. payments are, are coming back is what I was saying, Tim. They're, they're actually happening now. They're, people are receiving their funds and, and hopefully some of that pressure has been lifted off them, which is for good. Sure. Um, but yes. the other interesting thing um, that I was reading the other day is, is potentially, and, and it all depends on the economic data that comes out uh, in, the coming, in the coming weeks, Tim, we could already be in a recession here. Ooh. So, that there, is, there is apparently a chance that the June quarter may have dipped slightly because, wow. of the, because right at the end, things started closing up. Jeez. And so, if, if it goes down even 0.1 of a percent, um, September will definitely be a contraction. Yeah. And, and all, all you need is, is two, two quarters in a row to be in a recession. So Back in recession. We could potentially be in a recession right now. It's pretty funny because we sat through an economic uh, update from the ANZ Bank mm. during the week. Thank you to them for hosting that. Although yep. their webinar skills left a little to be desired, I will <laughs> it say. Did. It did. Uh, it was on Cisco. I yeah. mean, who, who has webinars on Cisco anymore? No, exactly. But anyway, um, yeah, the, they were still talking about March figures and they were mm. quite happy. They were quite happy about good results. Yeah. And I was just thinking, look, this isn't the vibe I'm getting. I think there's <laughs> lack of confidence and that was and that, that economic stat, activity is struggling right yeah, now. That that stat particularly surprised me when when they said that um, business confidence was high. I I I doubted that. I said, you know, I I think you and I were writing to each other in a separate chat, being like, mm, I feel like that's not yeah. That might not be accurate, but but maybe yeah. it could be that we're just sitting in the middle of lockdown and the rest of the country hasn't been. Um, we were, yeah, we were yeah. saying it depends where you are. Like yeah. greater, greater Sydney may be feeling it a bit worse. Mm. I suppose Victoria is probably hating the on and off lockdowns mm. as well. So yeah. So if you've if you've been unlucky enough to be in a long lockdown, then you're probably getting a bit over it. Mm. Slash seeing businesses struggle in your area yeah yeah for sure it's no good no good at all no good at all um but yeah so that that was my business update i think it's about time we get another economist on tim um 
I think we need to to get an update, just see where things are, get get some facts from from the horse's mouth. Mm. That'd be really good. Yeah, yeah, let's try and tee that up. But um, cool. apart from that, um, that was my business update this week, which is a little bit about the economy and that and that job saver payments are, are coming through. Yeah, I think I yeah I I, I put interesting emails aside. Um, so, but yeah, I haven't prepped any, so I've got nothing. <laughs> I've got nothing. Uh, there's been some. Here's an interesting one. There's been some interesting talk. I want to. I want to gauge your inter- opinion on this one, Dan. Okay. Um, there's been some talk in politics mm. around um, job keeper being disclosed for businesses that um, had had an increase in turnover, mm. um, or businesses that are the largest businesses in Australia and received job keeper. And ended up having an increase in turnover or profits. Yeah, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, it is interesting because you're hearing. I think it was Domain and and maybe a few other people are actually giving some of the JobKeeper back um, wow. to the government as as kind of like a, a goodwill, saying you know actually we did all right. Um, he, here it is back. Um, <laughs> and and it is interesting because and it's sort of in the flaw of the design of JobKeeper itself in that. Once you were eligible, you remained eligible, right? Yep. Um, so, so you could have had an absolutely terrible May, like literally not a single sale, mm-hmm. um, and you became eligible, and that made that meant you were eligible all the way to the end of September. But you may have then had a, an incredible June, July, August, September. But it didn't matter. You you still received JobKeeper. Um, that there, there was. There was no retesting until the end of September. There was no real way of, you know, you didn't switch it off. You just submitted the the monthly um, amount, telling them what your turnover was. You actually told them. You said, "This mm. is the amount I received in turnover," and and they still paid it to you. So, yeah. It, it, in a way, I feel, yes, I hate that the government wasted money, and yes. and and they basically gave out these giant handouts um, in in circumstances where. Potentially, they weren't needed. Hmm. But on the other side, I know for many people, they were very much needed and and continued to be all the way up until, you know, the end of December or, or further. Um, yeah. So, I, I think, I think um, I'm sort of in two minds about it. It's like, well, the, they sort of designed it with a huge flaw um, in the system that meant that no one was doing anything dodgy, but they just kept getting the payments. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, the audio stuffed up a little bit for me again there, so yeah. I'm just nodding and smiling okay, at this good. point. Just agree with me. But, I, I mean, I think I got, the, I get the gist. I get the gist of, of where you're going with that. Mm. I just want to add this, Dan. Mm. Interestingly, um, the ATO has actually refused to provide the Senate with the disclosure of over ten thousand taxpayers that um, received um, JobKeeper. Uh, because it would threaten the confidentiality of those businesses. So, in an interesting way, there they're kind of protecting businesses that got JobKeeper mm. because they got it based on the tests, based on the rules that mm. were in place at the time, and they're not allowing politics to get in play and try and question that now, a year later, when things are completely different. Yeah, and I think that's fair as well. I also think, and you know, kudos uh, for the ATO for doing something good. Um, but the, the other side of it as well is that I guess JobKeeper was also intended to be stimulus, right? People 
were meant to be spending it. It was meant to go to wages, which were then meant to be spent and, and keep the economy running. So, in a way, yeah. even if they did overspend, hopefully that went back into the economy anyway. Um, well, it yeah. clearly did. Mm. Yeah, um, the ANZ Economic Forum said uh, economic confidence was high in March. So, yeah. <laughs> so it, well, it did work. It did work. Yep. Yes. So, um, so yeah, uh, Tim, I think that's all good stuff. Uh, let's move on. Tight ass tip. What have you got for me? Well, this week it's a time ass tip, Dan. Oh, um, time ass tip. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, this is a really good suggestion for anyone who is feeling a little bit of burnout Yep. and maybe hasn't seen their friends or family. Mm. It's a reminder, Dan, mm-hmm. that you can still go with one person depending on your LGA, yep. for a walk. Yeah. A lockdown walk. Yeah. And we did this the other week, Dan. We did. We went, was, for, we went for a walk hmm. and we actually had a meeting at the same time. Like yep. a, like, so we were talking sort of work stuff, but also personal catch up. Yep. It was good. Yeah. But it was killing two birds with one stone, wasn't it? Because we walked like four kilometers. Mm-hmm. It was all legal, fully compliant. Yep. I felt quite refreshed after it. Mm-hmm. And uh, we got to catch up on some work stuff at the yeah. same time no I, I agree it was good i enjoyed it i thought uh, i thought the walk was walk was good and um just just if you're out there listening there's a few viewers of our live stream right now tim by the way just for everyone listening to this later on uh we're actually live streaming this in our facebook group so if you want to oh, yeah. hear our podcast when we hit the record button <laughs> yeah if you want to hear our podcast early from now on make sure you join our facebook community uh, because we will be live streaming podcasts semi-regularly yeah pretty much i say um, semi-regularly because i don't promise anything <laughs> uh, let's not let's not uh, over promise and under deliver yeah so like normal <laughs> yeah exactly and so but if you are listening to this right now um pop a comment or a question S- send us something we'll uh, we'll gladly uh, have a chat to you about some things if you're going on walks right now let's hear yeah. about it let's hear about are you it. walking right now you because could- <laughs> If you are, I mean, I'm quite impressed. You're live streaming and walking, so... <laughs> it is impressive. It is impressive. All right, let's move on to our main topic today. <sighs> the main topic today, Tim, is uh, practical considerations when changing entity structures. Yeah, that's a bit of a mouthful, isn't it? But it, um, it's, it's, this is what people need to think about mm-hmm. when they're potentially changing from being a sole trader to a company. Yep. Or into a trust mm-hmm. or potentially even some other change. But those are the most common changes that people look at making. Yep. Correct. Yeah. And it can be a painful process. Um, but there's a number of things here you need to consider. This list isn't exhaustive. Uh, there's definitely other things that people have experienced, as which we haven't thought of here. But these are some of the things we've seen in yep. our experience. Yep. First one, Dan, on our list is bank accounts. Yeah, this is one that it's, it's so simple, but people often don't realize until the last minute, if you've got a new entity, you need a new bank account. It's, it's your old bank account is owned by your old entity. That's right. Mm. And in some instances, it's so serious, this point, that if like with a trust, if you don't set that trust bank account up, the trust doesn't even exist. Yeah. Exactly. There's, there's nowhere to put some settlement sums. There's, you know. Yeah. yeah. The, the, the trust only exists when, when the settlor mm. contributes the asset into the trust bank account. Yeah. So, so in that regard, 
uh, a bank account is key for a trust because if you think you've set up a trust and you didn't open a trust bank account, you're still a sole trader. I'm yeah. sorry. All those <laughs> benefits you're looking for may not exist. <laughs> exactly. So, so that's important to note that setting up a bank account is important. Things that you're going to need, your new ABN and tax file number, your company constitution or your trust deed, uh, mm. you will need to take those things to the bank. Banks suck, by banks the way. Suck. So, be ready for the bank to ask you some stupid questions and get very confused about uh, opening a new bank account for your new entity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. So, Could yeah. be difficult. So, in, in, in kind of the same theme of bank account, um, just, just to add on here, you then need to tell people about your new bank account. Yeah, that's, that's important. Mm-hmm. Um, if you open a new bank account for say that trust, mm. but then don't practically use it moving forward mm. or shift to using that as soon as possible, mm. then there's another argument to say that you're not operating through the trust yeah. at that point. Um, and the same goes for a company. Mm. So imagine you've set up a company, Dan, to get all that legal protection and tax effectiveness. And, um, and then it turns out a year later, something horrible's happened you're heading towards bankruptcy mm. and you are still just operating through your sole trader bank account. Imagine a liquidator or a creditor trying to find a way to sell your personal assets because yeah. of that. That's yeah, exactly. going to be stressful. It would be stressful, but, but not even that. You know, you, you've got this new entity, you've got a new bank account. You then need to ensure that uh, your payment gateways have been switched to the new bank accounts. Your Stripe account, your, your Go Cardless, your... What, direct debits. Direct debits. Um, the invoice um, bank details. Your subscription to tax nuggets. Subscription to tax nuggets or to the uh, Too Drunk University. Mm. Just throwing Spoiler that out alert. there. Throwing that out there. <laughs> uh, so, these are all things that, um, that you need to be aware of when you change a bank account. It's not just changing an entity. You need to set up a bank account. Then you need to change where all your payments that go in and out come from. To that bank account, um, yes, yeah, or several. If you if you're following, say, a, a profit first type system, and you've got several accounts set up, um, yeah, you need to you need to reorganize all of that. Yeah, um, practically speaking, let's move on to zero file then. Yep. While we're speaking about bank accounts, yep. because I think that links quite closely. So, yep. would you set up a new zero file then? <laughs> Throwing me under the bus here, Tim. <laughs> We've actually had a whole conversation about this on the podcast, um, where we spoke about um, if you need to change your zero file or not. A lot of people land on the side of you need an entire new zero file, um, and and yet there's an argument for that. It's a new entity, start fresh. You you put an opening balance of your transfer amounts over. Um, and you start from there and you close up your old zero file. Um, mm. In that case, you need to set up your bank feeds. You need to enter in um, all of your employees, say, information, yep. which we'll get to later. Um, but it's a lot of setup. All your creditors, um, all your automatic systems that you've, that you've created with your zero file yep. need to be redone, um, mm. which is annoying. So, the other argument yes. is uh, at 30 June, do your tax. On 1st of July, zero everything out have an opening balance of your transfer amounts and start from scratch. And if you run reports, and that, that also means you need to change your ABN and your tax file and your details and the organization settings, reset up STP and, mm-hmm. and your connection super. to the ATO and auto super and all that stuff. Mm. Um, but that doesn't take too long. 
um, a lot quicker than, say, re-importing invoices and um, accounts receivable and payable and employee mm. opening balances and, and all those annoying things. Yeah, agreed. So, yeah. basically, what Dan's saying is you probably should open a new zero file. You don't have to if you're, you're going to do a cut over at the end of a financial year. Yep. If you're going from sole trader to company because you have to in, say, September, well, probably going to need a new zero file there. Yeah. Let's just just let's just move to a new zero file. But if you're doing it around the end of financial year, you might be able to save some hassle and just use the same zero file. We've yeah. seen both happen well. I have seen people try to use the same zero file and it'd be a nightmare mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. So... Um, it, it can happen and it can be really good if you keep the same, same zero file. You just need to be really strategic and planned when you do it. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, for, for all practical reasons, your business hasn't sort of changed. You're still running the same business. Um, so, if you want to run comparison data, just management-wise, you just want to know, are your sales this month the same as the same month last year? You could do that. Whereas, if you change the zero file, you couldn't do that. Um, So, there's some practical reasons to keeping it as well, some historical data. But even though that data is not related to that entity, it is related to your business from a management point of view rather than from a compliance point of view. Agreed. There's Mm. there's huge positives if you can keep the same zero file. So, Mm. yeah, practically speaking then, that's a good point then. If you can change your entity type around the end of a financial year, that's going to be the best time to do it. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, Tim, uh, what's the next consideration? Well, we've just talked about zero files. So, why don't we talk about tax returns as yes, well? Yes, good one. Mm, so, you, so, yeah, you, you mm. need to lodge uh, your final tax returns for that entity. A lot of people think, especially when they're changing over, say, midway through the year, um, that that's it. You're, you're in a new entity. You're, you're going forward. Things are happy. But but no, it's from a compliance standpoint, you've started a new business, essentially. Um, So, let's say you were a sole trader moving into a company and you changed over in, let's say, the end of January. 31st of January was your last day as a sole trader. 1st of February was your first day as a company. Well, you've actually got to lodge not only a final BAS for the March quarter, if you're lodging quarterly, for that sole trader, but then you've also got to lodge a March BAS for the company. So, two BASs that quarter. And your income tax returns and financials, you've got to lodge one for that year up until January for the sole trader. And then mm-hmm. you've got to lodge another one from February to June for the company. So, you've actually doubled the amount of compliance work for that year. Yeah, it, it can be quite tricky. And, and on that, Dan, I mean, there's things like motor vehicles as mm-hmm. an example, which, which are also super tricky in their own right because- um, that in, in one single year, there's a certain amount of depreciation you could claim mm. or interest or, um, or running costs. And then you're going to have to split that between the two different entity types or be really, be really rigid on what related to the sole trader and what related to the company. Mm. Um, and even on that, there's questions around, well, is the motor vehicle going to be owned by the company moving forward? Or is that going to belong to the sole trader still? Um, and the individual, and are they going to claim that depreciation and interest as a deduction against their wages now? Yeah, because it's their vehicle that they're using for work activities as an employee. Yeah, and and if you do transfer it over to the entity, you you might have to then pay stamp duty when you're doing the transfer of the rego. There, there'll be costs to that that you might have to be aware of. 
Um, so yeah, th- these are all considerations when 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 moving over um, assets for sure. Mm. There's another one, even um, you know, with a client um, of ours the other day, Dan, um, where they use the small business concessions. So this is this is where they changed entity at the end of a financial year. Mm-hmm. So perfect, you know, it makes their tax stuff easier. But there are still considerations. Yeah. What if you've reversed your accounts receivable at the end of the financial year? Um, which small businesses can do and not pay tax mm. on the account receivable that they have at 30 June. Um, what do you do there? Because you're then moving into a company in the next year. So there are some tricky little things that you're just going to have to work through practically in, in these circumstances. And the ATO, I think, no, it's a bit of a gray area. They do make some allowances uh, for small businesses there. Yeah, that's right. So there's lots of things to to consider, just yeah, practically with that, um, which which are crazy. But then then there's a million other little practical things that people don't think about, Tim. What about mm. say insurance? Insurance, yeah, you've got to make sure the insurance is in the right um, legal entity name. So if your sole trader name is still down on all the insurance contracts, then mm. your business not, might not be insured anymore if it's trading under a company. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So if, if you're, if you're, you've got some, um, you know, public liability insurance uh, as a sole trader, but you're trading through a company, and then the company gets sued, well, there's an is- there might be an issue there. You, you might need to, uh, uh, you know, revise that very quickly. So as part of the checklist of changing entity structures, review your insurance with your insurance broker. Definitely um, licenses. Licenses. This is a big one, and and it's something that you should consider before even deciding on an entity type because there are certain licenses for certain professions and things that that do have limitations on them for the type of entity you're allowed to trade from. Right, Tim? Yeah, exactly. So, um, just let's use accounting as an example. Yep. Um, we are a CPA firm, Dan, yep. Accounts Accountants. We are. But there are special rules around directors and shareholders that need to also be CPAs yep. if we're going to call ourselves a CPA business. Yeah. So um, that's just one example. Then there could be special rules for people in the medical um, industry. Yeah. Um, certain trades. Could, yeah, certain trades. Um, and even just with the licensing, I mean, um, if you're uh, setting up a trust to run your business, the license will probably be under the name of the trustee of the trust. Mm. So let's just call it Tim's trust. Mm. That's not going to go down on the license. No. If I have a trustee company, that's probably what's going to go down on the license. Yeah. Um, or um, me as an individual trustee. So yeah, exactly. And, and uh, th- there's even a few things in there, like uh, the different levels of, of um, and, and the different amounts of security that you're allowed to have for, say, homeowner's warranty insurance. That's a, that's a very good point. Yeah, mm. exactly. So, builders uh, need to be really mindful of things like homeowner's warranty because they could be hitting the reset button on what they're allowed to build in terms of homes. Mm. Um by changing from a sole trader to a company. Yeah. And that could be a huge issue for them. Yeah, exactly. I've seen it happen before. People come to us and they say, oh, I was a sole trader in my company, but now I'm having trouble with the homeowner's warranty. So I'm kind of stuck between 
a couple of entities. I'm doing some jobs as a sole trader because they're the bigger mm. ones I'm allowed to do and I do other ones as a company. I, I've seen it more than once. That, that, yeah, me too. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That is a really, really big one mm. uh, for people to have a plan of attack for when they're moving over to a company. And mm. that's where um, I suppose, you know, everything we're talking about here, Dan, is changing entities, right? Yeah. But imagine if you could have gone back in time and just started off fresh in that company <laughs> or that trust from day dot. You could you could have avoided all of this. Yep. So let's just let's just bring that up for a second. Mm. Uh, you could set the well, entity up from the first day yeah. to avoid having to do this again at uh, some point uh, in the future. I think at the end we'll have a little hints and tips section. Uh, so yes. so that that's definitely one of them. So what what are some of the other considerations here, Tim? <laughs> Uh, assets. So we've already, yeah, we, we talked a little bit about the motor vehicle. Yep. Um, but you do have to consider assets. So if for some reason you're trying to shift like mm. a home, a residential home or property, uh, or commercial property, but between entity types, mm. you really do need to be mindful of stamp duty. Yeah. Yeah. It's a problem because the, although you get the small business, um, change an entity concession the rollover, rollover yeah. um, for capital gains purposes. So you're not selling your business to the other business. Um, you just, you, there is a concession there to roll them over. Um, yeah. You're not avoiding state taxes generally from that, which, which is stamp duty. Yeah, for sure. So, um, so moving a property from you as a sole trader or an individual into a trust, as an example, could mm. trigger very expensive stamp duty at the market value of that property. So it may not even be at the value that you bought the property at. Mm. Um, there could even be, if it's property related, capital gains tax in there. But like Dan said, if you've got a small business, there could, there's more than likely a concession to yeah. cover you and the assets that you're bringing over. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So yeah, that, that is a concern that you should be aware of before you choose an entity that you're moving to. Yeah, yeah, and, um, and it might even be that you're you're only moving a portion of your assets or your business to the new structure. So it might be that you're leaving that property in your own name, and you're moving the business that you operate into a company. That's different. Yeah, but definitely. Yeah, it just takes planning for sure. And then there's just a couple more. Um, so employees, you will need to bring across your employees into the new entity. Yep. It won't mean you can get away without paying their leave that you owe them nope. or uh, accruing their entitlements like potentially long service leave. I'm very sure that will continue yeah. accruing uh, as per if, normal. If you're you're a straight, just a, a business that's got employees, you've been running for eight years and you've got employees that have been there for eight years and then you restructure from a sole trader to a company, those employees have still been there eight years in terms of long service leave. That there's no change in that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. As well as accruing their annual leave, sick leave, and other entitlements. So there's no loopholes there, no. unfortunately. But um, but you need to be mindful. You may now be an employee of your business. Mm. So um, so if you didn't have employees, that's all fine. But you will be a new employee of the business. You'll need things like workers' compensation insurance for um for yourself yeah so, that's right yeah you'll need to also have compliant payroll software and pay yourself super so there's a few things to yeah wary of there one of the biggest practical considerations when especially changing from a sole trader or a partnership to a company 
is changing the way that you take money from the business. Because, yeah. because you know, you might be used to just logging on and transferring 200 bucks over when you need it. Uh, you can still do that, but that's no longer a drawing. It's a wage, which tax is withheld from. That's um, a dividend. <laughs> yeah, or, or a dividend. Um, so, the way that those things are taxed are very different when you change that entity. And it's important that you know that from the start, because if you don't, what will happen is, you know, let's say that you, you have a crap accountant and you haven't spoken to them in 12 months and you turn up and get your tax done. Um, you, you'll end up with this huge director's loan of, you know, 30 grand because that's just what you used to do. Uh, and now suddenly that's a potentially a dividend unfranked into your bank account, mm. uh, sorry, into your tax return, which you will then pay tax on. So, mm. um, if not treated correctly. I resemble that remark, Dan. Crap accountant. You mean you resent? That offends me. You just said you resemble. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I said it on purpose. Yeah, okay, right? good. I'm not, a, I'm not a complete idiot. You're not a complete schmohawk. Thanks for not giving me any credit for that, though. <laughs> All right. And the last thing I have on my list here is supplier accounts. We probably should have mentioned that with bank accounts. But um, yeah. this is actually a huge one for some businesses. Um it's really to do with your credit limits. So a lot of a lot of the time, setting up supplier accounts is a huge pain. Mm. It's a massive pain, and if there's no um, history of trading for the new entity, sometimes it's a real challenge to get. If you had sixty day limits, mm. let's just say, um, to get that straight away, or if you had a one hundred thousand dollar credit limit with the supplier especially if you haven't been very good at paying that account in the past, they may take it as an opportunity to rein you in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And the, the other side of the supplier accounts um, and just letting suppliers know about your change in ABN and, and, and things as well is if you're a subcontractor for people, they've actually got to report that to the ATO. Um, and, you know, the updated details should be on the invoice, but it's important to let them know that um, let's say that you've restructured and you've also registered for GST it's probably important to let people know that you've done that um, because they might not know <laughs> and they might report you to the ATO with no GST, but you've been registered for GST and then that just becomes a headache explaining things. So just Very let people point, know man. that you've, you've updated an ABN. Don't tell them your tax phone number. That is yours and yours alone mm -hmm. to know. Um, tell your accountant and the ATO your tax phone number, but that's about it. Um, <laughs> And the, and the people that um, send you a text message with a voicemail, you, and you hit the link on your phone, <laughs> yeah, have you been yeah. getting those, Dan? Yeah. yeah. You can tell them your tax phone number Sorry, as well. Let, so. let, me, let me rephrase. Um, your accountant, the, the tax office, and the prince from Africa, and... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the prince yeah. of Nigeria. And the yeah, debt collectors. Yeah. Um, yeah. These are the and people God. and God. As you yes. would say. <laughs> these are the people that need to know your tax file number. <laughs> but everyone else, just send them your ABN. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I, I thought of one more that's not on my list here, Dan. Mm. This is just a consideration. Mm. If you're going for finance soon, okay, you, that may be a consideration. Yeah. Because so, so it could impact your ability to get finance if you're changing into a new entity structure. Exactly. So the, the example of this is that um, a lot of banks, if you're self-employed, require you to have 
which is dumb. They just say you need to have an ABN for two years. This is what this we get told all the time. You need an ABN for two years. Some banks yeah, are oh, one you year. You go for car finance. Yeah. Have you been GST registered and had an ABN for two years? You'll be fine. Yeah, you'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> which is no indication of the business at all. Like I could have had an ABN for five years, but I might have only been trading for six months. You know that mm. doesn't mean anything. Anyway. Um, yeah, if, if you have started a new entity and you've rolled over and you provide them with financials and, and they look at your ABN and they say, hey, you've only been registered for two months, um, it could create a problem. You would hope most banks would be like, okay, I can see that you're a sole trader for two years or three years and you've recently yeah. changed to a company. I'll, I'll take all of that into consideration. Um, again, banks can be dumb. And no offense if you're a bank listening. If right you're a now. bank, if you're a bank listening, you're learning, which is great. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. But I, I have seen too many times just questions come back and headaches being made because because common sense isn't being used. Uh, a, a tick box wasn't able to be ticked. Yeah. Mm. Computer says no. Computer says no. Computer exactly. says no. Um, one more thing, Dan. Yep. All right, one more thing. I thought of another one. Mm. This list is exhaustive almost now, I've, yep. I've figured. Um, mm. it, and it's very apparent in today's day and age, Dan, be careful changing entity structures. It may affect your grant eligibility. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it could. It could. Um, it, it could, and I have seen it. It mm. has. It has affect people's grant eligibility um and you can't tell you you can't predict that you can't predict the next grant that's going to be required you can't predict them Uh, yeah so so let's just go through a quick um a quick hints and tips list tim my first one here is and 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 this one's important uh get try and get the right entity structure from the beginning if if you if you suspect your business will be oversized size that's going to require it at some point mm. you're it's better off just getting it done straight away yeah basically if your business is not going to stay a side hustle forever mm. yeah if it's going to if you have plans for it to grow and become your one and only thing mm. it might be worth just pulling the pin and getting this all in place from day one. Exactly, exactly. This episode almost turned into a, don't change entity structures halfway through. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> well, basically. My, my next point is if, if you didn't do that and, and for whatever reason you're a sole trader or a partnership, yeah. which a lot of people do, it's, it's, it's easier, you're unsure about where your business is gonna go, yeah. completely understand. Definitely. Um, try and do it on a new financial year because it's going to save you compliance, transfer, all these costs that are going to be involved mm-hmm. from accounting and tax. Um, try and avoid it. However, there is an, exe- an, an exemption to this. Mm-hmm. Let's just say that you started this business in July and you're a sole yeah. trader and you suspected, oh, it might bring me in a couple grand a month and you know it's just a little side hustle. By December, suddenly you're earning 200 grand. And it looks like it's going to continue like that until the end of the year. Oh, you so it's will, an e-commerce business. It's an e-commerce mm. business selling <laughs> hand sani or something. But uh, but before selling pictures of Larry David. Selling pictures of Larry David before. Um, if 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 you change now and you're intending to you know have um, retained earnings in your business, so you've got finance or whatever, um, 
you're going to save more in tax than you would in the cost to complete two tax returns by changing earlier than later. So, mm-hmm. so there is a point where it's like, no, 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 you need to change now. Um, and if you do that, we're, you know, you're going to save 30 grand in tax. Um, mm. That could happen. So, Definitely. most of you listening to this probably aren't in that situation, but, but there is a point where it's actually, no, actually sooner, better than later. But for most people, the considerations normally after a couple of years of business, it's just you're sort of, you're not rapidly expanding. You're just sort of at a point where it's like, oh, I should consider this. Um, try and do it on the new year. Yeah, I agree. Mm. And don't start doing that a week before the end of financial year, start no. doing it a couple months before the end of financial year because you've just seen here, there's a list of about 15 things exactly. you to worry about. So, so you, you set up your entity that can be set up at any point. You know, that's fine. If it doesn't trade, you don't, you know, you just lodge a nil tax return. There's nothing you have to do with that. It's not too complicated, but just set it up, get it mm-hmm. ready, set your bank accounts up, have a conversation with your insurance broker and say, hey, from the 1st of July, I'm changing my entity structure. Um, uh, if set you up your zero file. Yeah, if set up your zero file. Get things going. And then all you need to do on that 1st of July is just switch it. Do those couple nice. little things like changing your bank account to Isn't be that, like, that one. Great Will Smith song or something? Do the switch or something? Yeah. No, hey. 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 <laughs> switch. Yeah. Dun, dun. That was huge when we were in like year nine or 10. Sorry, our age. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Anyway, um, I think that probably brings us to the end of our main topic, Tim. I think so, Dan. I think I think we nailed it. I'm interested to know what the uh, live listeners thought of that. Um, nothing. They haven't written any comments. There's been a few likes. Um, no one's written on the group page. So if you're watching this, send us a message. I can see that you know. I can see there are some watches. Two people. Are watching two people. I mean, to be fair, is it my mom and dad? <laughs> yeah, probably. It doesn't tell me who it is, but but we also didn't um, we didn't we advertise this. We just mm. we just decided let's just put this on Facebook. Let's just go for it. That's our style. That's yeah. how we do. That's how we do. Uh, mm. Tim, do you have another thing this week? I do. I've got a really exciting other thing. Actually, it made my day when I read it, Dan. Oh. And I think we've all got a lot to look forward to in October. Okay. Lockdowns are easing. Yeah. Have more vaccinations. Mm. Things should be getting back to regularity. Yeah. But care of your enthusiasm, seasonal. I knew you were going to say it. (laughs) In October. I was almost going to go bump, bump, bump. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so keen. I did too. I haven't even watched all of 10 yet. I know, I'm, <sighs> I'm behind. I should Finish do that. I'm in lockdown. I should just do it. Yeah. What are you doing? Uh, I'd just like to put, uh, give a shout out to Beck, who is one of the people watching the live stream. Hello, Beck. Yeah. Hello, Beck. Uh, Rebecca. Yeah, long time, no chat. Um, you know, I hope things are well for you, Beck. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> she probably just feels like she's on a Zoom meeting with us, uh, yeah. like a Teams meeting. <laughs> probably. Yeah. Anyway, um, my other thing this week, um, what is my other thing? Oh, I've started reading a new book. I started reading a new book. Very nice. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's taken me a while to, I, I bought it really excited and I was like, I can't wait to read this. And then it sat next mm. to my bed for a little while. And then I finally picked it up and started reading and I'm, and I'm glad I did. Uh, cool. It's called Hail Mary. Okay. Yes. It's by the guy who wrote The Martian. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Yeah. So, it's, it's a very similar theme. Um, yeah, cool. 
it is, I'm just going to look up, and he's one of my favorite authors lately. I just keep forgetting his name. Andy Weir. Okay. Um, yeah, and it, it's really good. He, um, it's, it's So far, it's kind of similar to The Martian in that it's like a guy stuck somewhere um, okay. that has to kind of figure it out. Um, cool. And it, uh, The Martian is one of my favorite books. Um, I've read right. it several times and listened good to movie. it several times. Good movie. I, I like the book even more. Wow, okay. So maybe I should read the book too. Yeah, mm. it's surprisingly like emotional the end of it like i think it's because you go through this journey with this guy and he mm. just uses like logic after logic he stays positive he like yeah, just okay. so- solutions 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 and then when he, yeah, he finally kind of i won't spoil it if you haven't read it but at the end of the book um it's surprisingly kind of emotional you're like oh, oh that's that's a nice ending um yeah, cool. <clears throat> when he dies and then <laughs> <laughs> Oh, he doesn't. Oh, does he? I don't know. Read <laughs> no the book. spoilers. Yeah. yeah. Um, but Hail Mary, I'm only about a, a quarter of the way through so far and it's kind of similar. There's this guy and he's he's stuck on a spaceship um, and he's lost his memory mm. and you're just kind of figuring it out step cool. by step about why he's on this ship and what he's meant to be doing. And yeah, it's really good. Oh, speaking of memory. Mm. Oh, my God. I watched a... Um, Really heartfelt movie about early onset Alzheimer's. Uh, that sounds depressing. Was it called The Notebook? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I can't remember the name of it. Uh, Is it about a dad? No, Still Alice. It's called uh, Still uh, Alice. Yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah, it's on Stan, and um, I won't be watching it. It's got. Uh, Julian Moore, yeah, in it, and she's really good. And uh, Kristen Stewart and Alec Baldwin, Alec Baldwin, the best actor in the world, right? Alec Baldwin, <laughs> he's all right. Um, and yeah, it's just I. It just showed me a lot about that mm. um, disease. <laughs> Would you call it a disease? Yeah, also, yeah, it's a, also it's a disease. It's a disease. Yeah. And um. And then anyway, I was watching Survivor during the week and yeah. Flick. I was going to mention that. Flick's, Flick's mum. Mom. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, whoa, I can really understand that. Having watched still Alice. Mm. Yeah. Devastating it was a though, right? De- devastating. Oh, horrible. Horrible. Um, yeah, imagine being horrible on disease. a, imagine going through that for years. Um, and then poor Flick being <sighs> out um, on a, in the middle of the desert playing a reality TV show and yep. the producers come up to you and say, hey, Ugh. you know, your mum's passed. Um, Horrible. I mean, Horrible. She, it wasn't unexpected, she said. She said, you know, yeah. she knew there was a chance it could happen. She'd been very, very unwell, but but still. She was like 52 or something, her mum. She was so young. You but anyway, really that's makes you appreciate the things you got, right? Yeah, it does. I, yeah, I, I would recommend that movie. It mm. was really eye-opening. And um, yeah, and although sad, it was at the same time strangely uplifting mm. as well. Oh, sounds good. All right. Well, thank you for listening, everybody. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us at Two Drunk Accountants on all the socials, uh, com. Uh, make sure you join our community page on Facebook because... You're going to be, you know, don't, don't be like everyone other than Beck. 
you're going to miss out on some quality live stream because <laughs> I'm going to stop recording this and we're still going to be on. You're going to hit and end. Uh, we, spoke for, bi- we spoke for a little response. bit beforehand. Yeah, we did. So, some little juicy, juicy startup. Exactly. All right. So, yeah. thanks for listening, everybody. And we will calculate, calculate later. later.